Hey, it's great to see you. Sorry to interrupt all your conversations. I, uh, I love seeing you all uh, have great community. We'll probably try to end a little early today. That way you can have some more community if you'd like. We don't have any games to run off to. Uh, I can remember when we first planted the church in the Soviet, former Soviet Union. This was like six months after communism had ended. And uh, we planted this church in the city of Ivanova. And uh, <laughs> I can remember our first Sunday. Uh, it was a packed hall. Uh, about 500 people, and uh, we, we said, okay, now it's traditional in the American church to have a time of greeting uh, after worship, so what we're going to do now is we're going to greet one another, and we encourage you just to just spend a few minutes greeting those around you. And we said, you know, great, and nobody moved. <laughs> they all looked just stone-faced straight ahead. And we thought, well, okay, the, the pastor, Pastor Mark, was doing it. It was my pastor at that time. I was just one of the lowly missionaries. Uh, and he said, uh, maybe you misunderstood me, and maybe the translation didn't make it, so I'm going to try this again. Uh, I'd like you to s- take a moment and just uh, greet those, look around, see the people around you, and greet one another and say hello to them and welcome them this morning. Everybody just, just straight ahead. Of course, we didn't know culturally under the Soviet Union, uh, when you're in public and you don't know anybody, you never made eye contact, you never talked to anybody because you could not trust the person sitting next to you. If you misspoke or said something, they would report you and then you'd be disappeared. And so it had built up in such a society that you didn't talk on the street. If you got them in the home, oh man, it was like uh, Eastern culture. And uh, everything they had, open the refrigerator, they'd feed you all that they had. You know, you were their best friend. You're part of the family if you're in the house. If you're outside of the house, it was a very cold, what I would call a, like a northern type culture where I don't know you. So I can remember one time on a, on a street, I'll get to the end of my story here in a second. But on the street, I said hello to a woman at a bus stop just randomly. There was an older woman there. And I said, well, hi. I said, how are you doing today? And she said, uh, She said, young man, I don't know you. I was like, okay, have a good day. Culture, getting used to culture. Uh, so what he did was he said, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to divide it right down the middle. And all of you get up and move and get against this wall. And all of you get up and get against this wall. And that took like five or six times to finally, they did it and they all got up. And he said, now I want you to walk down and pass each other and just greet each other as you go by. And so they came in each side and they greet each other. By the second, third Sunday, we could not get them to stop. We had created a monster. And it would go on for 20, 30 minutes of people walking by, and it kind of stayed in the culture of the church from there on out. All 10 years we were there, we had to have that time of fellowship, and it just broke that ice and got it. So it is good to sit here and watch you guys all just greeting one another and bouncing around and getting to know people and welcoming visitors and all that you do. It's great. I encourage you to do that more and more and just love. Love on people because that's really what we're here for. Uh, During worship, I felt the Lord lead me to uh, Revelations chapter 4, verse 1. And I wanted to read that to you because I believe the Lord wants to uh, minister to you today. This is the Apostle John writing. He said, after this, this is after he had the revelation of Jesus and uh, the words to the churches. After this, I looked, and there before me was a door standing open in heaven. 
you know, recently we had the uh, word to our church that has continued about open doors. So John looks out and he says, I see this door standing open in heaven. And a voice I heard, uh, first heard, speaking to me like a trumpet saying, come up here and I will show you what must take place after this. At once I was in the spirit. And so John goes up and begins to see things and writes the rest of this book about what will happen in the future. But I want to encourage you this morning, the word of the Lord for you this morning is this, this exact same word. Jesus wants to reveal to you more of himself and what he has planned for you. He wants to give you his eyes for your life, for your family, for your at, for as, as much as you are willing to receive from him, he wants to show you. So if you will take the time and you say, Lord, here I am, let me come up and see what you have, the Lord will do that for you. If you need new perspective for the situations that you are in, Jesus is faithful to speak to you and to show you answers, his answers and his view for your life that will bring the liberty and the victory and the breakthrough that you're looking for. It is a matter of seeing Jesus in a new way for you as he sees you and he does greatly. Let me reassure you that Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you. If you don't feel that way, if you don't believe that, or if that tinges your heart, let me reassure you the enemy is lying to you, and Jesus sees you and is answering your prayers. He is interceding for you. He knows exactly what you're dealing with today at this moment. He knows what you will be dealing with in a week, a year, a month, a decade from now, and he has plans and he has desires to come in and meet that need if we will get our eyes off our earthly things and get our eyes on the open doors in heaven so that he can reveal to you what he has for you. Let me just give you a little testimony this week. Um, I, I didn't ask for permission for any of this, so I'm not going to use any names. I'll just say people. But this week, I had a person uh, give me a wad of cash. And I was like... Uh, you don't owe me anything. What are you doing this for? And they said, well, the Lord led me to give this to you. It was just a, it was wadded up. I didn't even look how much it was. I just grabbed it, stuck it in my pocket. I said, I don't like this, but I will be uh, obedient. If the Lord has told you to do this, I will receive this. Okay? And so I put it in my pocket. About an hour later, I pulled it out and looked at it. It was $100 in 20s rolled up. And, and so I had it in my pocket, and I was like, Lord, um, what do I do with this? Is this a blessing for me that I can spend on whatever? Should I apply this to uh, debt or bills? Do you have something else you want to use this for? Because so that you know and I know where I was that day, I had just, we had just gotten paid. Jill had just gotten paid, and I had gotten paid the day before. And uh, they had given her a pay raise back in August, but it had not hit the system until this paycheck. So it was the first time they started paying her at the higher pay raise. Okay, so they owed her back pay, all those pay periods. So we got an extra $1,000 in this paycheck. So I'm like, I'm already blessed unexpectedly. I wasn't expecting it. I was like, you know, we've had these bills with the dog and stuff. Uh, I, I'm more than taken care of. The bills were for the water heat and the dog. I mean, it's taken care of. So I don't know why I have this money. Could you speak to me? 
And pretty quickly, I heard a person's name. You need to give this to this person. And I was like, you know, I don't know this person well. They don't attend our church. Um, it's one of those awkward things of walking up and just handing people money. It can imply that you think they're needy or poor. Or, you know, it has all these connotations. Am I just, is this just me, you know, or is this you, Lord? And then I also thought, you know, I'm a pretty giving person, and I tend don't to take care of my own needs. Am I just being religious in this, you know? And so I'm asking the Lord. And all day long we went back and forth, and, and I just was talk as I was busy that day. And by the end of the day, it was pretty clear in my heart, yes, I needed to give it to this person. And so uh, I went to give it to this person, but the person was gone. They had already left. So I was like, okay, Lord, I can give it to a different person who knows them, and they'll, they'll get it over there. So I'm going to be faithful. Uh, I'm going to say, hey, I don't know what the situation is. I felt led to give this money to them, would you please pass it to them next time you see them? And they were like, sure, I'll make sure it happens, you know, no problem at all. The next day, I ran into this person again that I had designated, the Lord designated the money to. And uh, they said to me, wow, you, I got, we need to sit down because I got to tell you this. In the morning, I have a, a child that I struggle in the relationship with, and they were desperate in a need. And in the morning, I decided I don't have the money to send them but I'm going to go ahead and send them $100, even though I don't have it to send. And it was like a step of faith to send this $100 to my daughter, even though she won't even know that I sent it. We're so estranged right now. I had to send it in a way that she doesn't know it's from me, but she needed it, so I sent it. And then I came in here, and I was handed the $100 that you had given. And I said, you know what, how cool this is? Because the first person gave by obedience, I gave by obedience, you gave by obedience, and it was all to show your daughter that Jesus loves her and sees her. And Jesus saw the first person, Jesus saw me, Jesus saw the third person, and Jesus saw the daughter. And all of us got to walk in the receiving and the giving, or the giving and receiving, the blessing of the Lord. Jesus sees us. My point is, Jesus sees you. You may not recognize it, and this daughter may not recognize right now that Jesus sees her, but Jesus did a massive miracle in her life to meet her needs. And he did it through three different people to meet that need. So she may not see that as of yet, but one day she will. My point is, Jesus sees you. Jesus sees you, and he's doing miracles around you that maybe you don't see at the moment. That's why get up in those open doors up, up there so you can have a godly view looking down going, whoo, Jesus is working. Jesus is good. Amen? Amen. My dog is doing better. I laid hands on her yesterday. She started eating. I don't know if it was a laying on hands or it was just enough time past surgery. I don't care. She's doing better. She's eating. She's wagging her tail. Come on, Jesus. He healed her regardless, got her, got her through the struggle of it. Uh, there are a lot of things going on in the world. Uh, I'm just in the mood of telling you stories today. Uh, I was on a Zoom call, just kind of a fun thing. I was on a Zoom call this week with pastors uh, I meet every two weeks, I think it's the second and the fourth Tuesday morning, I meet with a group of pastors on a Zoom call, we've been doing it for years, and we're all over the United States, and uh, got a few people international, and we had a new pastor on there, he's from Moldova, he's Moldovan, 
and uh, he was just talking, and he, in the process of it, he mentioned, hey, there's this new, there's a rugby player online on Instagram that's a pretty cool guy. He's head of the, the South African rugby team. Anybody watch rugby? Okay, he's head of the South African rugby team. It's not a lot of people. I know Ryan loved rugby. Uh, it's South African rugby team. He's the head of it. He's a born-again Christian, a really cool guy. And so I got on his Instagram page, and I, went, I followed him. And it's just kind of neat because he, uh, he speaks with the South, Af- South African accent, which I've got a couple friends from South Africa. I love the kind of, it's just such a unique accent there. And so... Uh, a couple days passed, and I'm like, I really like this guy. I really like what he, you know, his message, his life. It's cool. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to ask my South African friend if he knows him, you know, if he'd ever heard of him. You know, so I said, hey, you know, there's this rugby player from South Africa. And he goes, yeah, I know him. I went to school with him. I thought, cool, dude. He said, yeah, he was, he was in the one area of town, and my seventh grade science teacher took him in and got him introduced into rugby as a believer. And I thought, you know, the lives that, first, it's a really small world, you know, because he said, I'm, my best friend is his best friend. So that's the connection between the three. So, you know, I I could get to this rugby player if I wanted to, if I pushed relationships, but I I don't want to do it, you know, there's no need to do that. I just thought it was kind of cool. And how the Lord uh, intervenes and changes people's lives and connects us all. So I just thought that was just a fun story. I like what the Lord is doing around the world. Uh, this guy uh, was just at uh, Adidas. Adidas? Adidas. I like Adidas better than Adidas. Adidas is a German company, so he was just in Germany uh, signing because they're one of his, you know, footwear suppliers thing. So, I mean, he's a pretty vocal, Christian, godly man. And if you want his name, I'll get you a name if you want to follow him uh, on Instagram. Uh, but I just thought that was really cool that the Moldovan pastor told me just connections. Small world, right? Uh, Jesus is moving. Have you been following what's going on at like Asbury College and some of the other colleges that are? And if you haven't, Asbury College is a small uh, Christian college in Kentucky. Started to say Ohio, and I realized that's wrong. It's in Kentucky. And uh, I think it was last Wednesday, which would be 10 days ago. Uh, at their chapel service. Chapel service ended, but it didn't. And they just have remained. And people keep coming. And um, so what I have seen, I've watched some video of it. It's not an outpouring like uh, Toronto. Uh, It's not an outpouring like Brownsville. It is a group of people that just want more of Jesus. And it's not really led. Um... Maybe in sections or portions led. I watched a little bit. They had a two and a half hour live stream on YouTube that I watched. And uh, about 15 minutes into it, the guy goes, well, we're going to stop now till 530. So I just want to let you know that, that uh, we're going to be we're going to be ending till 530 this evening. And so he gets down and walks away and it, nothing changes. <laughs> There's just like five or six people up here and they just they'll start singing a song. And they'll sing it for a while, and then that song will end, and then they'll start singing a hymn. And then spontaneously another song will start, you know, and they'll play it. And uh, sometimes it's just peaceful. Sometimes it is the entire crowd. You know how you, when you have that really good worship song and everybody in the crowd is in it? It's like that. Or they'll bring up the hymn like uh, I Surrender All. 
and they just start singing it, and everybody, you hear, you hear crying, you hear, uh, it's like an engagement of the congregation that's there with what the Lord is doing, and it's centered, it's not like one guy up here leading it, it's, it's just a group of people that are worshiping Jesus. And uh, there's about 10 places around the world right now that it has bounced out at. And so the Lord is moving. Uh, we've seen a lot of the, the younger generations and even our exes and boomers who really need Jesus and uh, are, seeking, uh, are seeking something that's real. Because there's a lot of plastic and they tell you if you just buy the plastic you'll be happy. And you're like my daughter Olivia when she got that plastic trophy when she was nine years old. And she was so excited she got it and she goes, this is plastic. <laughs> this is plastic. It's like that. That's what the world has to offer. Just hollow plastic. And so they're, they're beginning to come to the point where they're like, I want something real. And Jesus is being introduced and they're finding it because Jesus loves them. Jesus loves the people around the world. And so it's some cool things happening. Yes and amen, Lord, right? I have two more world notes. I don't know if you know it or not, but I have a passion for the world. Uh, if I've got my airplane shirt on today. Uh, one is a harder one. Uh, I'm sure you've seen the earthquake in Turkey, in Syria. And I think we've hit over 40,000 that have passed away. Um, I have one uh, mission agency, it's a small, and they go for more unreached people. They're kind of a hidden organization. They're not very vocal, they're not very big. Uh, that way, they worked a lot in Afghanistan, and I supported them there. They're currently now in Turkey and in Syria, uh, on the ground, working, just trying to provide supplies and love on people. So if you would like to uh, give to that, I can either connect you directly or you can um, let me know and I, I will funnel the money to them and uh, send the receipt to you uh, if you'd like to support the work there. Uh, the email that I read this morning, uh, I don't know if you realize, one of the main cities that was hit by the earthquake was Antioch, you know, from the book of Acts. It's the same city. It's called Ant Antalya or Antalya. Uh, it's not the one on the coast. It's spelled a little bit Antaka. I can't remember, but it is the city of Antioch. It's the ancient city of Antioch. And he, uh, the report this morning said that it's basically leveled, that even the houses that are standing aren't really safe, and you've got about a million people displaced. I, uh, but I don't hear about it much on the news. It's, you know, there's a few people that are covering it. But, oh, Lord, what a humanitarian thing. So... Uh, if you'd like to help out in that, let me know. Uh, otherwise, pray. You know, there's a lot of people who just uh, need to be loved and taken care of right now. And so that, that's kind of the harder one. Uh, we also support a missionary in India uh, by the name of Ramesh. We, have, uh, we purchased him a car, if you remember, like last year or the year before. And it's revolutionized the work. Uh, I helped him recently uh, purchase an apartment uh, he is moving like crazy. The Lord's opening doors. Uh, he is now in northern India by the border with Nepal, and he's gathered together six uh, missionary outreaches where they're planting churches in villages. Uh, I have provided, sort of, at, sort of provided. He says it more than I acknowledge. Uh, 
because I don't think I really do anything, but to him, I guess it meets his needs. Uh, but apostolic leadership to him, and we've been working in India for about 10 years, planting churches in villages, small villages, small churches with nationals. It's a complete nationally led uh, organization, but we as a church support uh, him and his work. And he's right now meeting in northern India with about six different missionaries that are planting in that area right by the uh, Nepali border. So uh, just some cool pictures being sent. The Lord, the Lord is working around the globe. I mean, I'm touching just a few missionaries, and there's a lot of work by a lot of organizations. The body is pretty big uh, around the globe, and I want you to be encouraged. Don't just watch the news, you know, and discourage yourself. Watch what Jesus is doing because he's working like crazy and enjoying it. He, Jesus is having fun around the globe. Join with him in what he's doing. Amen? Amen. Okay, so enough talk. Let's get into the Word. Uh, why don't you go ahead and open in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, and then we will pray over the Word. still. Okay, let's turn to Matthew. There we go. Now back to Matthew. Bless you, Lord. Uh, I think I've told you guys before uh, that I'm a pretty quiet person, pretty, uh, pretty introverted and uh, if we were to go in a car ride for eight hours, I would have no problem sitting there and saying nothing the, the entire eight hours. Ryan, you and I should go camping together and just sit quietly, right? Yeah. Uh, so up here, sometimes I have to like really get into this woohoo mode. Like I got to, I have to channel Andrea. Where's Andrea? <laughs> she downstairs. <laughs> she met up to me and she's like, "Oh, I'm so excited! Thank you." I don't know if this is the coffee or me, but. Uh, uh, just cute. So <clears throat> whenever I'm quiet, part of it is just my personality or I'm trying to listen to the Holy Spirit if I just pause for a moment. So I try not to do it too much, not, not listen to the Holy Spirit. I try not to uh, be in my personality uh, too much because I, I don't want it to distract you guys from what the Lord wants to say. Uh, anyway, Matthew chapter 6, let's go ahead and pray over the word. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your beautiful word. Thank you, Jesus, for who you are. You're so good, Lord. You're so good, Lord Jesus. Thank you for your love. Thank you for just being who you are, our healer, our provider, that you see us, that you know us, Lord, that you're faithful, Father, that you're long-suffering, you're patient, you're kind. Lord, thank you, Jesus, for it. Thank you for your love. Holy Spirit, thank you for coming and showing us Jesus. Thank you for revealing more of who he is. Thank you, Father, for it, for convicting us and, and showing us where we lack so that we can grab a hold of Jesus and be whole. Thank you, Father, for not leaving us in ignorance. Thank you, Father, for healing us. Father, bless this word today. Help me to get out what you want, Father, in, in, in the right way. Thank you, Lord, for the, the, your anointing and your grace that it is sufficient. Trust in you. In Jesus' name, 
Amen. Okay, Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 19. We've been talking for a few weeks over uh, giving and being generous. And last, last week we focused a lot on finances, but I don't want to just stay there because it's beyond. It's, it's finances, but it's a lot more than just finance. Uh, our body, Metro, because we legally still are Metro, and we got the DNA of Metro in us, even though we're called Kairos Church. Our body is called to be extravagantly generous. It's one of the words, major words spoken over us, to be extravagantly generous. And I believe the Lord wants us to walk that out in a greater measure this year in 2023. Beginning with verse 19, Jesus says, Hey guys, don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, you know, where there's moth and rust to destroy, and where thieves break in it and steal it. But store up for yourself treasures in heaven, where moth or rust do not destroy, and where thieves do not steal, break in and steal it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. I love that because it just encourages us to shift our focus from just getting by, for just focusing on what's going on around us, and getting our eyes on Jesus, and seeing where our true treasure is, and focusing on that, and building up a greater treasure there. I think we get discouraged when our focus shifts from our heavenly treasure down to our earthly treasure because what we're trying to do just isn't working or the big bill comes in or a relationship isn't working the way it should or, or something like that and it breaks down and we begin to go, oh, you know, this isn't working. Instead of seeing Jesus and putting our treasure there and trusting in him that he is working and what he is doing. Verse 22 says, the light, the eye, is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Now this is one of those weird statements that in English just... Uh, you can kind of guess that he's talking about, well, salvation, and because you're light, then you'll see the light in the eyes. You know, you, sometimes you walk up to a person and you go, wow, you can just see the joy in their eyes. Or you can do the opposite. You see them and you're like, wow, this is kind of scary. You can just see the evil in the person's eyes, the demonic. But this is actually, this is actually a he Hebrewism, a Hebrew idiom. And it's a, a term or a slang that really means something different than what is the literal, you know, like it's raining cats and dogs, doesn't mean literally that it's raining cats and dogs. And so when Jesus says here, if your eye is good, he doesn't literally mean you have good eyes. Or if your eyes, is bad, your eyes are bad, he doesn't literally mean your eyes are bad. It's a Hebrewism that means you're generous or you're not. If your eyes are good, means that you're a giving, generous person. And if your eyes are bad, it means that you are not a generous. You tend to hoard or keep or greed or hold on to for whatever reason. I thought that was very interesting. Because he's talking about storing up your treasures in heaven. And then he gets into generosity. So be generous. 
Then verse 24, because you're generous, you know you really can't serve two masters. Either you'll love the one and hate the other, or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You can't serve both God and money, or mammon, or the world system. You can't be focused in on building treasure here, like my sole focus, and build treasure there. Generosity requires us to put the worldly system a few notches down because generosity doesn't make sense in the world system. It doesn't make sense to be generous. It doesn't make sense to give love when you're low on love. It doesn't make sense to be joyful when you should be sad. It doesn't make sense to give of finances when you have a need. It doesn't make sense to do these things. It doesn't make sense to, uh, like, I can remember when we were, we were kids and we left on the mission field. And uh, luckily it never happened to us because uh, my, my parents never voiced it and Jill's parents came and visited all the time. But Mark, the senior pastor, his, his um, relatives would come at times and say, oh, it'd be so much better if you, if you had the grandkids in the States with us. You know, which I get. As a parent now, I'm like, you're not going to the mission field. You're not taking my, you know, I don't have any grandbabies yet, but my grandbabies are staying here with me or I'm moving them to the mission field with you, you know. So I get it. It's a totally different perspective now. I, I think back, what did I do to my parents, you know, when I went to the mission field? You know, but that's part of building up the treasure in heaven, the, seeing it in a different way and being genera- generous, extravagantly generous with what the Lord has given you, time, talent, and treasure extravagantly generous in it. He wants us to build up our treasures in heaven. He doesn't want us to be under the slave of the world system. He wants us to break free into generosity. You know, if you're generous with love, you're probably going to have a lot of friends or a lot of people love you. If you're stingy with love, you'll probably be saying, why am I so lonely? And you need to work on it. You're like, Jesus, free me up so that I can show love better. Free me up that I can communicate love better. Free me up that I know how to make friends and be friendly. You know, or finances. Lord, I'm, I'm in a mess financially. Free me up so that I can give and be generous and follow you. And, you know, I'm not doing it religiously. I'm doing it because you're leading my heart. I'm taking care of me. I'm taking care of my family. And I'm also, Lord, being able to give in a healthy way. You know, joy. Lord, free me up so that I can see what you're doing and have your perspective and walk in the joy you have for me. I want to be generous with my joy. I want to be encouraging and an encourager, not a downer. When my eyes are dark, I walk around and I go, "Uh yeah, I suppose God's told you that, but you just never know. You know? Right? Eeyore. But when your eyes are light, you walk around going, hey, yes and amen. Or they're discouraging you, tell them, you know what, trust the Lord Jesus. Jesus is bigger than this issue. And you speak peace into it. And you speak joy into it. So how do you do this? 
Let me give you three quick ways, because every sermon needs to have three points. No, but these are the three that, at least two for sure. Number one, uh, be Jesus-focused. Being Jesus-focused is the key. Jesus says in the book of Revelations, chapter 2, verse uh, 3 and 4, he's talking to the church in Ephesus. And he says, I love what you're doing. I love your works. But I have one thing against you, and that's you've lost your first love. You can be generous, but it really gets back again to being generous out of Jesus. Getting to know Jesus, walking with Jesus, being focused on Jesus, loving Jesus, seeing Jesus, having Jesus' eyes, having his heart, and then out of that, freely I have received, freely I'm going to pour all over you, Jesus. And when we get into our trying to do it on our own, it gets discouraging, it gets overwhelming, uh, we lose, it's just horrible. So if you're feeling discouraged, if you're feeling beat up, it's time to get back with Jesus. If the work you are doing is, is feeling begrunged, begrun, bad, begrudgedly, anyway, then it's time to get back with Jesus and again get his heart. We don't want to be religious. We want to be like Jesus. Be Jesus-focused. Number two, my second main important point, is be fruitful. You know, being fruitful is like from Genesis 1-1 all the way through. And in Genesis, right in the very beginning, he says to Adam and Eve, hey, be fruitful and multiply. He also tells the, uh, the I think he tells the animals in the previous verse, to be fruitful and multiply. Being fruitful is to give out of who you are, what you are, and it produces and plants seeds and grows. Notice he didn't say be vegetable. He said be fruitful. You know what the difference between a fruit and a vegetable is? The seeds in it. Who's saying that? Is that Paul? Betty. Fruit have seeds in them. Did you know that? Some of you smart people in here. So I have a bowl of fruit. I've got a lemon. I've got an apple. I've got a kiwi. You ever had a kiwi before? Grapefruit, orange, avocado. It's a fruit. Tomato is a fruit. A bell pepper is a fruit. Did you think, did you know that a bell pepper was a fruit? Cucumber is a fruit. Cucumber is a fruit. Now this one's probably, I'll be surprised if, if this doesn't surprise you. Are you ready? Jalapeno, yes, would be a fruit. It would be a pepper. Pepper's a fruit. Corn is a fruit. Because the seeds, the seeds are inside. 
It's technically considered a fruit. I, I looked it up, okay? I'm not just pulling uh, more than Google. It was on Wikipedia. No. The point is that in this fruit bowl, all of these items have seeds inside. And so by being fruitful, who likes kiwi? Shay? You got it, you got it Seth? You ready? I'm going to throw it to Seth, not to you, okay? So don't try to catch it. There you go. So I just was fruitful and gave fruit to Seth and Shay. Now, they're responsible for being the soil that the fruit goes into, that the seed goes into. But I gave them fruit, and by giving them fruit, I gave them something that is full of seeds. Are you catching this? An apple, it's full of seeds. You know, the fruit of the Spirit is... If you're generous with fruit, you're not just... Like, you're, you're not responsible to, like, make it happen. You just give the fruit. And inside there is the seed. Inside there is Jesus. And if they receive it, then Jesus begins to multiply out in them. You know, it's, it's based on their soil being able to receive the seed that's in the fruit. Our responsibility is to be fruitful and give the fruit out with the seed in it. We are not seedless grapes. Religion is seedless grapes. It's fruit that we produce that doesn't have Jesus in it. It has been inoculated from Jesus. It's just my thoughts, my ideas, my whatever. Seedless watermelons should not exist. If you can't spit those seeds out as you're eating, then you're not worthy of that watermelon. Giving out the fruit. So when Jesus says to us, hey, be fruitful. When he says to us, if you remain in the vine, you will bear fruit. As we stay connected with Jesus, then the big old seed of Jesus gets in the middle of that avocado. And when you're giving it out, you're actually giving Jesus to someone by being, having patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, self-control. When you're doing it out of who Jesus is and you're giving that, you're giving Jesus to them. Because you know in the real reality of life, it isn't about knocking on doors. Hi, can we tell you about Jesus? In the reality of life, it is your day-to-day -day walking out Jesus and giving Jesus to all those around you or not giving Jesus to all those around you just by simply who you are. Because I can talk the talk all I want. If I'm not walking the walk, it doesn't make a difference. Honk if you love Jesus doesn't work well if you're a bad driver. That's the seed that's inside the fruit. These things have a ton of fruit in them, or a ton of seed in them. And they're sweet. So Jesus wants us to be with him, point number one, so that we can be fruitful and actually give out of ourselves. If we're going to be generous, be generous with who he is. Now, this fruit bowl is going to be up here. You're welcome to come and grab after service. Come and grab a, 
a fruit of one kind or another. Oh, cucumbers, Jill's. I got to take that home. <laughs> I grabbed that from our fridge this morning. And I think my third and final point is it all comes back to our willingness, being willing. So I heard a great story that I'm going to pass on to you today. Uh, there was a professor, there was a professor by the name of Dr. Orr. And he liked to take a class or take his class around to visit different sites of revival. And he would take his class around kind of like an uh, in-person museum. They'd walk around and they'd see the different spots and he would teach of them about the revivals and about the leaders of the revival as they were there. And so this time he took a busload to London to the house of John Wesley. And uh, they went to his house, and they had toured the house, and he walked around and talked about uh, all the, the revival and took upstairs. And next to John Wesley's bed, uh, there were two indentions on the floor in the carpet, like the carpet was worn. And so while they were in there in the bedroom, the students asked him, hey, you know, what are these two notches in the carpet here? And he said, well, John had this habit. Uh, every time he got up and before he went to bed, he would kneel down in that spot, and he would pray. I wrote this down so I wouldn't. Do it again, Lord, and do it with me. Bring revival, Lord, and bring it through me. Basically saying, Lord, I'm willing. I want to get to know you, and I want to bear fruit. And so uh, after he had finished this, the, the, the professor and he uh, gathered everybody and said, okay, let's load up the bus. Time to head back to school, and... So they headed back into the bus, and he did his head count, and he realized he's missing one. He's like, okay, we lost somebody. So he went back in the house, nobody downstairs, went all the way up into the bedroom, and he finds a young man kneeling in that spot on the bed, praying, Lord, do it again, and do it through me. Do it again, Lord, and do it through me. And he said, Billy, it's time to go. And so Billy Graham stood up and got back on the bus. As far as I know, that's a true story. You can look it up. Point being, focus on Jesus. It is about Jesus. It's about surrender to Jesus and getting to know him. And it's about being fruitful. Whether you're doing a ministry like that or you're just walking around Loving and being kind to those around you in this world where there isn't a lot of kindness. You're bringing forth fruit to the level that you can. Be faithful to it and give generously. Be extravagantly generous in your giving of fruit. Time, talent, treasure, just give. Have the heart of Jesus. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, just the honor and privilege of being able to pastor here, Lord, and being able to love on and uh, be with this flock, Lord, that you just so love and cherish, Lord. Thank you, Father, for each and every one of them, Lord. Father, I ask you, Lord, just to bless them. I pray, Father, for just renewal in each of their hearts. Whatever the enemies come in and or life or time or whatever's happened that maybe has has hardened or, or turned their heart cold in any area, Lord. I pray, Father, Jesus, that you would show them that open door and invite them come, to come up and to see 
your freshness. Jesus, reveal to them who you are. Heal that area, Lord. I know you don't condemn. You said it. You didn't come to the world to condemn, but that they may have life. So I pray, Lord, that each and every one would come into greater life, Lord. And then, Lord, I pray as their hearts are willing that you would send them out to be fruitful and just to pour out your fruit, to bring forth the fruit of the Holy Spirit wherever they are in every situation. And, Lord, I just pray for just the wonderful testimonies, Lord. Father, we want you to do it again, and you want, we want you to do it through us, Lord. Do it again, Jesus, and do it through us, Lord. Reach the world, Jesus, and do it through us. We thank you, Father, for it, and we pray in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. Now, before we close, we've got a couple things going to happen. One is we're going to have our new prayer team will be down over here at some point. And if you have a prayer need, you want somebody to agree with you, uh, just hop over here and they're great people and they will uh, pray with you and agree with you and encourage you with what the Lord is doing. The other thing is that our uh, dear friends, the Lejeunes, I had Mary do a couple notes that I didn't forget, uh, are moving to Colorado for a few years. And uh, we want to uh, lay hands on them and send them out. So we're going to end the service. If you need prayer or you'd like to join us in praying for the Lejeunes down here, uh, please stay and do that. You're welcome to stick around and fellowship. Uh, we're about 30 minutes early this morning, so we've got tons of time to enjoy and have fun as we lay hands and send them out.